0: Hi, this is Bobby Kamari and I want to thank you for listening to the Living in Light podcast where we love to explore some of the incredible ways that God shows up with his love, light and liberty in and through everyday people like you and me. I am so excited to introduce to you my guest for today, Shay Douglas. I became aware of this precious young man when I watched a viewing of a documentary called Liberated, The New Sexual Revolution, a documentary made by Exodus Cry, and it explored the hookup culture among young adults. It was filmed in spring break in America, and Shay was a crucial character in the documentary. But it was the Q&A that captured my heart. Just hearing Shay talk about his experiences and his journey of being on the documentary so impacted me. And I just knew that I wanted to have Shay on and I wanted to chat to him about his story. I wanted to unpack what it was like for him being on that documentary and actually what it's been like for him in life, really um, walking through um, his identity I know his story, I know what he's carrying is going to impact so many people, so I'm so privileged and honoured to have him on. Um, Before we say hello to Shay, I just do want to warn you guys that if there are any young children around or young teens that don't actually have a healthy biblical understanding of sexuality yet, then this might be a podcast episode that you prefer to listen to privately. So yeah, let's say hello to Shay Douglas.
1: Hey, Bobby. Thank you so much for having me. Honestly, it's an honour for me and a real privilege, and um, I'm excited to have this conversation with you. It's um, something that's been sitting there and boiling up, and I'm ready to to get into it. So, thanks. Yeah,
0: thank you. And you're chatting to me all the way from Australia. (laughs) That's what's amazing. Sunny, sunny Australia. Um So Shay just to begin with I would love for you just to tell us something about yourself because obviously I know stuff about you from the documentary and I've researched um, aspects of that but tell us who Shay is, um, what life in Australia is like for you and give me a bit of background to, to you.
1: Certainly yeah no problem. Um I had the the real privilege last year of joining the production team in 2018 after the film was released on Netflix and I spent the la- the next four months after the release traveling with the crew going to universities and doing screenings of the documentary. We traveled across the whole United States and also went to England and done a two-week tour across across the whole of England, visiting mm. mostly universities and speaking with college students and this for me was a really eye-opening and, and really growth period where I learned a lot about myself in the reflection of what these young college students again. It took me back to those years that I was in college. And um, since then, I've, I've been back in Australia for the last uh, seven months now. And mm. I've really been enjoying life back home. I've spent quality time with my family. Um, my older sister's just had a young little little boy, my first nephew in the family. Wow, so it's been great wow. spending time with her and him. and. Um, I've been working hard uh, in the family business, I've taken over a management role in the, the hostel that my parents own and um, also have been getting taking action. I'm really in an action phase of my life where I've got these really big dreams and ideas that have been inside of me for a little while and, and I'm now I'm taking action on those and I'm really enjoying the process of, of learning and asking for help and working with a group of people and and some of those projects include um, going in and talking with young adults at schools, um, mm. developing a program around mental well being, around suicide prevention, understanding intimacy and relationships. And um, another project I'm involved in uh, is a rites of passage, a kind of contemporary, modern day, traditional twist on assisting young boys and supporting them through the journey. Of becoming a man and um we're doing a four-day camp with that one where we're working directly with these young men and um supporting them on that journey to uh to becoming a man so it's it's really exciting and I'm I'm just really just fully you know in this moment in my life where everything just seems to be opening up and the, the the doorways are just like opening up in perfect timing and, um, I'm really loving it and enjoying this, this stage Mm. of my life and this season. So it's, it's really, really fun and exciting.
0: I, I mean, everything that you have just said about what your, um, you know, the passions that you're pursuing and the excitement that you have for life, like all of that comes across so clearly in your social media. It comes across so clearly whenever you talk, because there is like this, glorious passion that you have, like this joy of life, um, that you seem to just be radiating. So I, I know that the programs that you're involved in right now and that you're birthing, they're gonna be so inspiring and life-changing for so many people. Um but all of that actually um that that's not what you were involved in before, right? It has it come as a fruit of the documentary, um the liberated documentary that you that you filmed or was it was is this what you were like before the documentary anyway like really passionate went after projects is that who you were all along
1: yeah thanks Bobby that's really um really kind of you to say that and it's a fantastic question this is kind of I've I've been through um a season in my life prior to this actionable doing stage before the documentary where I went through this like really deep process within myself where I was it was almost like a a death, where I was <clears throat> quite a, quite ashamed of some of my actions and, and really quite embarrassed with some of the things that I had done. And I was, kind, I was still hiding and I was in my shell. And although I was exploring and I was traveling and I was visiting dis- different places, I still hadn't really discovered who I was. Mm-hmm. And th- all of these ideas and this really aliveness and passion that's come through me now is it's definitely taken time, and and I have been through lulls where i I was really unhappy. and mm. um, I was really f- not finding any fulfillment or meaning in my life at all. And it was challenging, you know, it was I went through some painful moments physically, um, emotionally, and also spiritually, mm. um, and I've kind of like slowly gradually taking these small little steps to to improve my life and and to pr- improve the circumstances around me. and um, I couldn't couldn't really have done it all on my own. I'm grateful for the the incredible support of people and mentors and family that I have around me. That's um, similar to to the words of encouragement that you've offered me. Really, just helped lift me up to be to be the best person that I can be. And um, it's I'm still only 26 years old now, mm. and I've got a lot of life ahead of me and a lot mm. of learning. I'm still very much at the beginning of of my journey, but that's that's what's exciting for me. Yeah. <laughs> I'm ready to confront all the challenges and, and just like work through them um, as diligently and and with integrity as much as possible. So.
0: Mm, Wow. I think um, what would be really good is obviously I, I watched you in the documentary. um, So people who are listening won't really unless you've seen the documentary you won't necessarily understand the journey that you've been on so why don't you tell me a little bit about your upbringing because in this documentary obviously it's filmed at spring break um and it does explore um this hookup culture that's so prevalent um in our world and obviously you were part of that hookup culture um Yep. But how how did you even kind of get to spring break? Tell me a little bit about your um, upbringing. What what was the belief systems that kind of drove you? Um, how come you ended up in America? And how come you ended up on this documentary?
1: Yeah, no problem. I'd, um, I'd love to share. And I, I was born in Cairns in Australia. And I grew up uh, with two beautiful sisters, one older and one younger. And um, as a young boy, I was very competitive and um, I would play a lot of sports, uh, particularly uh, football or soccer, uh, they called mm-hmm. it in the States. But it, <laughs> that, was, that was one of my passions at the time and I was a really passionate young boy, actually, and I was really uh, had a lot of courage inside me and I had big dreams. Even then, as a young boy, when I was in high school... Um, to go and play at top level and I, I really wanted to be a professional so there was no real pathways in Australia and um, I decided the best opportunity I got offered a soccer scholarship to play in the US and I um, it was a big move for me at the time I was only 17 years old and I would leave behind my my home and my family and friends and and pursue uh, an opportunity that that was um, something that I really desired in my heart because I just loved. I love soccer and I love right. doing well and I love being in a team and being a leader and that was something mm. that, that was just like encouraging me on so I um, accepted it and I, it led me to the United States I went to university in Milwaukee in Wisconsin right. which is mm-hmm. in the Midwest yeah and um, I had a great time there I made new friends very quickly our sports team done really really well mm. uh, we I took the I was handed the captain's armband in my second year and we ended up for the first time ever in school's history winning the championship and back-to-back years and we had a lot of success and uh, we got to this state where we were doing really really well and and it was almost it was very competitive in the team and it was quite an ego-driven environment where Mm. it was all about who was the best and who could be the top and Mm. me 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 and I was still in very much in this mindset of a, of a young boy without realizing that you know this is time for me to be a man I'm starting to mature and, mm. and I'm getting older into my late teens but still very much in the psych uh the mindset and psychology of a boy that is you know living living my my life at the time yeah where where the world is evolving around me and it's all about my desires and what I want and what mm. I need mm. and um so it was on my third year in college in the United States and some of my really closest friends at the time, we decided to go on a bit of an adventure down to Panama City Beach in Florida.
0: Right. Yeah, And
1: we were really excited at the time. You know, it was we were getting away. We had time off our sports and um, it was an opportunity. We knew we were going to one of the biggest parties of the year and uh, that led us to spring break. And, you know, we were having a great time. We were fully immersed in this this hookup culture which is mm. in definition is quite a blurred line all about, you know Trying to prove yourself with getting chicks and um, you can see my my mindset at the time through the documentary mm. um, was very much an objective sexuality where mm. it was fueled by lust and mm. entitlement and really sex was this um, transactional meaningless very mm. casual casual kind of encounter it was all about having fun and this instant gratification. It was this like, you know, this instant happiness, yeah. not thinking about the long term effects, but just totally in that moment and looking for looking for something more without really knowing how to get it. And yeah. obviously, you can see in the film what my life was like at that time and and kind of the the desolation. Mm. Um, not on the surface, I'm very much plain almost acting out this yeah. performance of, of being a man that is um, not not wholesome at all. It's very mm. fake and it's not real. And um, I guess I had internalised growing up. There were some significant events that happened in my childhood that I had internalised so deeply um, and felt that I had to, as I grew up and, and evolved, it, repeat, these patterns began to repeat themselves as I look back. And realize how much I had been living my life in a state of um, approval and disapproval yeah and I think back to my my high school years when I was stepping into into high school and I was a young 13 year old boy and I'm you know just like any other kid I'm wanting to be accepted by the other guys and And wanting to to belong with the group and make new friends and we're having a conversation about sex and at the time I'm only young and I don't really have a full understanding of what sex is and Mm. I've never had any kind of sexual intercourse or intimacy with anyone Mm. at this stage and I just remember one of my friends well at the time he popped up and he had told us or bragging about how he had already slept with this girl sure um, before coming to high school and it was like whoa kind of hit me and I I kind of went into this shell and I didn't really know how to respond to that and I I felt a little bit insecure inside myself because I hadn't even explored those options yet Mm. and uh, here he was talking about this time he had sex with this girl and how great it was and all these things that he went through uh just to share his story and it was almost a little bit of bragging there but I had, I had no idea at the time, and it kind of left me really curious, actually. I, I kind of wanted to know a little bit more about this. I had I'd spoken, my parents had spoken to me very briefly. Um, right. And, and, I mean, at school we had just, like, scratched the surface of the biological mechanisms of sure. sexual intercourse and things, but not really gone into depth about it. And so as a 13-year-old curious boy, I, I began, you know, turning to the things that I had at my like fingertips and, and sure. one of those was the internet and that, yeah. that's when I first discovered pornography yeah and um at the same time um I'm, I'm going through these transitions in my life where I'm I'm be- becoming a man physically I'm starting to get a deeper voice mm. um I'm starting to like explore this idea of masturbation uh, yeah what, what is what is going on and, and becoming you know physically bigger and stronger and there's all these huge changes that is going on inside of my body mm. emotionally and these hormones are just like overriding me. And and um, I don't really quite have the tools to know how to, to navigate all of yeah. this. And having two sisters, I feel like my mum was um, really incredible with their upbringing because I remember she was, um, she was really supportive in the process that they were going through their changes when they started mm. to get their their period and, and bleeding and they would she would offer to take them and get tampons and be there for them and kind of explain it sure but when I had my first wet dream I just remember feeling shame
0: wow um
1: it was like it was like I had wet the bed you know and yeah and there was no it was really just like brushed under the carpet it wasn't talked about yeah I had no idea what was really going on and um it was a really kind of challenging period in my life mm. that I I didn't feel like I had anyone to turn and talk to. Yeah, um, which was challenging. But what I what I began to internalize as my my years evolved was these things that I'm watching in porn mm-hmm. and kind of shame around sexuality and yeah. this idea of pleasure and and another huge influence that happened around the same time same time period when I was 13 years old. Um, mm. And i remember it clear as day because some of these things i've held on to for a long time and and only just been through the process of releasing yeah was this moment when i was um i was out with my friends and we were in the swimming pool and i was having a great time and i just remember looking over across the hall across down the the um where we were staying in this apartment and seeing my father and and he was, um, I caught I caught him in the act of infidelity with my mother. He, was, he wow. was kissing another woman. Wow. And at the time, it was so tough for me to take. Um, and actually, I, I took it really personal. Mm. And I started to, like, internalize all of these things. I was really upset because it was like he had betrayed my, my deepest trust, you know. I mm. thought that a marriage and a man and a woman where it was meant to be like one of those most trusting yeah. loyal things yeah. that you can bind your lives by and it was tough for me because it was almost like I felt like I had let him down for some reason and that he didn't love me I was almost like mm. he didn't love me enough to tell me that my, he wasn't together with my mom or they mm. weren't in love with another and and I began to internalize and subconsciously tell myself that, you know, I'm not good enough for his love. Mm. Like he doesn't mm. love me enough. And that was like a really deep subconscious patterning that I internalized and, and was conti- conditioned to. And then I began to, my life began to unfold where I was trying to validate myself yeah. by
0: mm-hmm.
1: all these performances. I had yeah. to like perf- in a way to get the love of my father and I would try and, you know, be the best in sports and be the number one and at the top in class and try and get a good job at the same time and balance all of these things at once and also to, to, to prove that I have what it takes to be a man.
0: Yeah. And
1: once I um, had left the country, left Australia and started living in the United States Mm this became my way of life and it mm. was my my unknown to me un mm. my conditioning and patterning yeah and it's it's evident in liberated where you see that i'm basically acting out all the things that i've witnessed in pornography yeah and trying to to get all these women and be the player and be the cool yeah. guy and and really it's it's a really shallow existence yeah um
0: I think the crazy thing Shay is that um because I remember one scene where you I think you'd you'd slept with a uh, a woman the night before and I don't think she had indicated that she wanted to see you again um and I and I from what I recall in this conversation or in this scene you're having a conversation with your friend and it's like oh let's see if she if I can still get her to be with me again tonight and then you call her up and um she said she doesn't want to be with you but then you literally say something along the lines of oh you know go on why not and then she says okay and it's like you in this scene like it's almost like you expected her to say no but she was totally willing um to sleep with you again even though she maybe had not necessarily had the greatest time um for whatever reason maybe she'd felt devalued or whatever I'm not sure um but it's so crazy that you know it's like this crazy um, culture where there's such a devalue and and there's such a sense of disconnect. But it's not just guys, you know. The girls are equally as disconnected, and I think that's something that the that the documentary highlights that it's mutual. Although guys are leading with aggression and there is an entitlement mentality, but actually it, the girls many times were reciprocating and and if they weren't um then then there was an aggression culture fueled by porn and entitlement um so what I mean during the documentary um what what would happen for you if in general a girl like on this call like did you ever have to play hard to get during this documentary or could you be with anyone that you wanted to be with
1: (laughs) yeah that's I think you you put it really really well, like this idea of entitlement. Mm. And um, my mindset during the filming and and in that season of my life was, um, I believe that I was totally entitled, and it was almost like, I would get score more points with the guys if yeah. I could, you know, push past the no, and then she would say no, and then you would get her later, or, yeah, um, you know, it was like this idea of. Yeah, you could boost your ego even further if you could mm. have a have a bigger challenge to push by and sleep with the virgin and it was like you're getting more points mm. and it just really feeds into this idea that sex was really meaningless um mm. as a uh intimate connection between human beings but more so about proving and boosting personal uh self-gratification and yeah. like seeking approval from male peers and and almost a performance yeah it was like we were trying to outperform one another by sleeping with the most girls
0: yeah did you um because you know when you shared about your dad thank you so much for sharing that um and just just generally sharing about your upbringing um so where you'd had those i guess experiences or those influences where sex wasn't necessarily something that was seen as intimate or sacred or something that you that you cherish at any point in your teenage years or through your sexual history did you ever have anything meaningful with anyone or has it always been quite casual for you
1: yeah that's a really um really awesome question i <laughs> I went through a season where I did have a girlfriend uh, mm-hmm. when I was sixteen, right. and one that I'm extremely grateful for today, and um, a little bit regretful and and guilty of how I ended up mistreating that relationship. Sure, and because it was really like a high school sweetheart love, and I really adored her, and she was an incredible girl, um, and it I. I And completely responsible but I mistreated that relationship in the end and it kind of propelled me onto this journey of uh, like this fact that I couldn't forgive myself for what I had done right the way that I had mistreated the relationship and her as a person and Mm -hmm. it kind of catapulted me down this spiral of um going off and Devaluing sex for what it yeah. was. Um, yeah. But I did have I did have a moment for a few years in my life where I got to share some beautiful intimate moments and and have a really profound connection with a human being and just being present there for one another. Yeah. And um, that was a really uh, a moment in my life that I really cherish in my heart and and I'm really grateful for. Um, but it seemed to I seemed to just get caught up in the crowd. It was like this, once I got into college, there was this huge river just coming downstream and picking everyone up on the way that, yeah. you know, even just this idea of hooking up that you could, that this was a way of getting that connection or feeling validated. And, um, yeah, hooking up is such a blurred line. Is it kissing? Is it yeah. sex? Is yeah. it, what is it exactly? And it's almost like you don't really want to share about it, but the boys brag about it. Yeah. Yeah. It's really, it's really quite heartless in, in an intimacy respect, yeah. um, because it's it's like I just remember having conversations and locker room talk with the guys where it's like, oh, did you get any, bro? Like, yeah, as if, as if like sex is something to take from a woman and it's yeah, it's like for for a man to take and even just the wordings of that, you know. But yeah, my my kind of life in college years got a very much out of hand and I was you know I surrounded with other blokes in the same mindset and Mm. it was totally normal at that Mm -hmm. time that was the thing to do and that was who we were and yeah and um in fact that was my only um deeper connection with another person even though it was kind of um a non-emotional attachment it was almost like you were going you were having this casual interaction Mm. with the person but you would block out all your emotions and yep. you wouldn't be attached to them and it would you would kind of like have this resistance to it or
0: Yep yeah so um so obviously that's what you're going through when the documentary is being filmed um so talk to me about the actual documentary like how come they how come you ended up being in it and and talk to me about how that then unfolded for you because you do end up getting transformed through the documentary, um, or certainly through the filming process and you end up, you know, doing a 180 degree turn, um, in terms of how you see sexuality and intimacy and how you value, um, human dignity. Um, so talk me through that process. How did, how did you begin to get changed? What was the, the filming process like for you?
1: Yeah. Uh, fantastic question. I, The the documentary was, it was by sheer chance that Mm. they found us. We were walking from the pool back to our apartment um, midweek spring break and we just ran into the filmmakers incidentally and they started asking us questions around what sex meant to us and told us that they were making a film about sex in America and we were just like totally open and honest and we bounced like so much... uh, kind of banter from one another and, and they really enjoyed that and they started to follow us around asking us if they would come out with us and come to parties and go to the clubs and just film us and we were totally open and all for it because it was like it was feeding into our ego yeah we, exactly. our heads were totally inflated yeah. and we thought we were something we weren't yeah <laughs> we were just like yeah you know come follow us we'll show you what it's all about yeah Without really realizing um this destructive path that we were really on yeah and um i just remember i remember thinking back then i was like ah this you know what because we we talked about it with my group of friends like what happens if this film gets made and i was inside of me i was kind of like nah there's no chance that they're going to make this film Uh, anyway sure enough five years later they um i get a an email from the director an incredible human being who i uh, totally admire and look up to benjamin nolo um, in so many respects and he, he emailed me out of the blue just to mention that, you know, the film had uh, they had been working on it really hard over the last few years and it's coming to its final production stage And um, they just wanted to share it to make sure that I was okay with them, you know, releasing, releasing it to the it, world
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: and um, in that period I had been on my own um, self-discovery journey and path and had this season of a few years where I I was really looking for something more. I was, right. I was so unhappy with myself and I was like I was really stuffing all of these deeper feelings down as far as I could and I was running away trying to escape from it all and, and taking all of these external substances like drugs right. and alcohol uh, yeah. and, and in a, just trying to get away from it all without realising that it's all just still there inside of me. And, and the longer I left it, the more it was just going to boil up. And I think back to, like, there was no resemblance of, of this young boy when I was a kid and had these mm. dreams of playing professional sports and mm. was a leader in my team well, and yeah. was passionate. And all of that had suddenly dissolved yeah. in my life. And and um, I just went on this journey. I realised that was the moment. I was like, something needs to change. And mm. I I went, I was soul-searching for, for a good couple of years and I was travelling and exploring and I was trying to find out who I am and and what it what it means to be alive and what my what my purpose really is because mm. I was so so lost and I had no idea on how to find my own way I didn't have any any meaning in my life I was kind of aimlessly just like following the path that had been laid out in front of me from my parents and was just looking for something more and and I hadn't found it on, on the path that I was on, and um, I was really grateful to be a part of a, a really huge spiritual community in the United States who really welcomed me with open arms, mm. and um, that that's the the community of uh, Exodus Cry, um, yeah. who's a beautiful, supportive, really loving and open family um, that have just like welcomed me with opened arms and. There was this moment when I was with uh, Benjamin Nolo, actually, and had this incredible dream that just opened my eyes up to the character of God in so many ways. And I had been really living with a lot of shame in my life, mm-hmm. especially once the movie was released. It, I was really embarrassed once it was first wow. released Yeah, I watched it. Yeah, and I, I just thought, how can, how can my family ever see me like this? How can yeah. anyone ever? And I had no control over it. I just, I was just propelled to face it head on, and
0: wow. I wanted
1: to work through it. And um, this moment where I had, uh, we, we had been traveling across the states and doing these filmings and doing the screenings of the, of the documentary once mm. it was released, and the tour became very redemptive for me because, I. I I was on this journey of healing and change and I just really wanted more out of life and just exploring that, that path um, through the the screening process. We got to uh, DC, we were all the way on the East coast and we had done a screening that night and we were getting ready for the next one the next day. And we were moving around quite a bit. I just remember going to bed at night and, mm in the middle of the night it was wild I woke up and I was feeling just like really just at home and and warm and these sensations of like true acceptance and wow I couldn't believe it because I had I had this this dream where I was in this room with a group of guys who I just looked up to and admired as these wholesome men and, Mm. and mentors and teachers and a lot of my respects in my life and I was just watching them, almost like outside of the circle, as they, they gathered, and and I was kind of, I felt really like um, like I didn't belong, and I felt kind of an outcast on the outside of the circle, and very much wow. like a, a student, and really broken inside, and mm. and suddenly this this um, figure appeared that I, I idolized as a godlike figure, um, fatherlike figure. And he joined the group and I was ashamed to even look him in the eyes because I just felt his presence and he and he joined the the circle and he started chatting to to the men and then he looked over to me and I didn't even didn't even feel worthy enough to to look at him or for him to see me. And I just remember so clearly he looked at me in the eyes and he said, I love you, son.
0: Wow. And it was like
1: this moment that just pierced my my heart and pierced my being. And I and I just sprung out of bed, and it was like, it was almost like this rebirth moment, you know. It was wild. It was because I felt like energized from it when I woke mm. up in the middle of the night. And I remember Benji woke up. I was sharing a room with him at the time, and didn't really know what was going on. He went back to sleep, and I was the next day. I was just so excited to tell him all about this and um, wow. tell him about this dream that I had, and he's like, dude. <sighs> wow (laughs) you won't that was the heavenly father man yeah he's coming to speak to you and I just couldn't believe it you know and I was just like in tears and it just it just really it just really pierced me in a lot of ways and it it made me realize the true character of God and how much he loves Mm. me and loves all of us and um it just made me realize regardless of the 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 bad things that I had done, Mm. the things that I wasn't proud of, the things that I'm really ashamed of that, you know, he forgives me and he loves me. And, and it just like brought this profound sense of acceptance of what I had done and where I had been Mm. and where I'm going, where I'm going now. And, um, it just gives me strength every day, just like having that foundation in my life and, um, it's uh yeah it's really quite powerful for me and and it it's totally changed my life in a lot of ways and not not just this moment in particular but um many moments where I've had people come to me and share their stories and encourage me and and you know it's like it just the more that I'm aware of it and open to it the the more love that just floods in Mm. and it's just Mm. like this process for me of just opening up my heart to receive this love and, and where I can give it away as much as possible to all of those around me. And there's um, with that being said, there's still much that I'm working through yeah. and I've got challenges in my life that are appearing daily that I yeah. am needing to, to work through and love more. But it's just like it's opened me up to this whole new world and um, it's one that I've just like so grateful to, to be on and and um, I just accept life. It's helped me accept other people's life and where mm. they're at in their journey and and um, and not judge people as well, even yeah. where they're at and what they're doing. Not to like to judge them for yeah. acting out because it's yeah. like I've been there and I've, yeah, exactly. I've, I, there's times where I still act out and um, um. I can't have this like harsh self-judgment on. On myself for the things that I had done, and on others, and um, it was eaten away at me for a long time. But I'm—I feel like just the whole weight lifted off my shoulders, knowing that I'm eternally loved,
0: yeah,
1: and always will be. And it's, That's it's like amazing. such a, yeah, such an incredible feeling.
0: That I mean, because there's so much to respond to that shave. Because I mean, when I first heard you. Um, share at the q and I think that's what struck me the most, that you, there's such a beautiful brokenness to you, where you were so broken by the things that you found um, yourself doing in your history. Um, but then there was this incredible acceptance that you are loved, and that though there was this deep godly sorrow for what you had been involved in and the life that you had lived, but there was just this incredible compassion that you had um, for even for yourself, which I think is such a beautiful thing because we are all broken. You know, I just think that, um, you know, not everyone's brokenness gets highlighted on a documentary you know but yours Mm. yours was and I just think the grace and the dignity and just the vulnerability in which you have navigated through that whole process I like it's going to bring so much liberation and so much acceptance to people um, because there isn't a there isn't a disregard for what was a a completely destructive lifestyle that fundamentally would have destroyed your eternity. Um, so you're not, you're not kind of disregarding that you're fully remorseful about that. Um, but then you are so compassionate towards those that are still enslaved in that same lifestyle. And you are, you are open and vulnerable enough to say that, Hey, you know, I, there'll be times when I might wrestle um, and that kind of transparency is what actually brings freedom. So I just love your story, and I love your vulnerability. Um, it's so so powerful, and I and I think it's that tenderness that um, will allow people to access God's love through your life. Because I mean, I watched you on the documentary. You know, you're like you were like a player. You know, like you were a geezer, and now you you still have um that enigma about you but it's not a counterfeit you know it's not you're not performing you are you are radiating and you're filled with confidence because you you're beginning to really understand who you are and you're beginning to understand whose you are um and that you have been redeemed and that you've got a beautiful future ahead of you and that you're accepted and that you don't have to um try and validate your acceptance through anyone else or anything else because you are already fully accepted um in in Christ so so I love that it's so powerful it really is (laughs) Um, thank you Bobby oh my absolute pleasure I actually because I it's great to hear that you were already soul searching because um I thought that you had I guess maybe found yourself getting transformed during the documentary like I didn't realize that you'd film the documentary and you'd then moved on and um I I didn't know that you'd then gone on a journey where you were you already knew that you were fractured on the inside and you were seeking for something deeper um so during when you were actually filming the documentary like Was there anything during the actual documentary about Exodus Cry because they are a Christian organisation, and obviously, the director is someone that you, I'm sure, even during the documentary, were you inspired by him? Was there anything about the filming setup or the crew? Was there anything that that struck you about them during the filming process at all?
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, First off, thanks very much, Bobby. It's um, I I realise how magical life really is in all its ups and downs and Mm. i'm so grateful for for the the toughest times in my life as well as the the good moments in my life as well and it's just a a journey of constant transformation and learning so thanks very much and um i feel really humbled to to share um, my story and and with all your all your listeners um but just stepping back to the time of filming Mm. i i had I had no idea about Exodus Cry or the organization or anything like that. I had this um, sense of trust um, in the director at the time, and I mm. kind of felt like you know there's there's something more to this guy that I couldn't quite work out. had no idea about, and I just felt like, you know, just just open up and be honest with where you're at and what you're doing and um, yeah, I didn't really quite register uh, the the work that they were doing, um, and they had they have brought out an incredible documentary before this called *Nefarious*, which really yeah. um, is incredibly powerful and, and life changing, exploring the sex trafficking yeah. um, epidemic across the world. But they were really um, led to to making *Liberated* at, from a question of what is it that fuels a mindset among men to think that it's okay to go and buy a woman's body for sex. And yeah. they started exploring the, the culture at large in America that that is telling these stories around um, what it means to be a man and what it means to be a woman in, in this world. And I guess after the filming, my life was so caught up in that story of performing and trying to validate myself and trying to conquer women sexually Um, it it did spiral out of control and I was addicted to taking drugs and drinking and drinking a lot and working at Mm -hmm. bars and I got struck with a couple of uh, sporting injuries simultaneously that really halted me in my tracks and kind of just pulled me off the party train and it was during these moments that I, I started to have a moment of stillness and I started to reflect on like my life and where i was currently and prior to this my life was so busy with partying and Mm. university and sports and drinking and all these things i would never had a moment to myself with the injuries i was going through a lot of physical um, pain and suffering and then started to realize how much you know emotionally i was really suffering and spiritually i had no no connection to anything outside of myself. I was so self-absorbed that sure. I was um, just leading my life in a terrible uh, vortex out of control until I was like literally halted in my track. It was um, from there that I started to, to make the conscious decision that something needs to change. And I didn't mm-hmm. know what it was, but I just mm-hmm. knew that my life needed to change. I had like uh, memories of a young boy of this like playfulness and curiosity and, and passion inside me that I wanted to like bring back to life and, and bring that, just reignite that spark inside yeah. of me. I, just, I didn't know how to, to go about it, but it, it's been a, a real deep process of healing and reconciliation and just like taking, going slow through it and being yeah. really gentle on myself. And yeah. Uh, it's, yeah, it's led me to this incredible incredible place that I'm at now and I'm just like full of life in this moment and to to make a difference in yeah. not just my life but the people around me and try and mm-hmm. uplift them as much as I can and support the people in my community and my family and and love them more and it's yeah I'm I'm so excited to see what's what's to come next in life and and all the doors that that may or may not open I'm yeah. I'm grateful just to be here.
0: I mean, with, with, you know, this heart that you have to actually begin to influence people's lives around you um, in a way that would bring them so much richness and actually so much transformation and the love of God. um, How has it been for your friends around you, like uh, particularly the friends that you um, filmed Liberated with? Um, how has the transformation in you and and I guess you finding faith and um, really like I said earlier doing a hundred and eighty degree turn how how has that impacted your closest friends in america and and here in Australia?
1: Yeah, that's really a great question. i've a lot of my life is ever since I left Australia at seventeen mm. to study in the states it's been quite transient sure and i've I've been moving around quite a lot and I've got some really incredible Whole group of friends who I chat with very regularly from mm. even from high school and also from college that I'm grateful for that you know are, are really sticking by my side and supporting me on this journey and um, although they may share different values and beliefs sure yeah they're still honouring that friendship, which I'm so so grateful for, and um, yeah. it's just brought more richness into my life because mm-hmm. I'm like I want to support them even more, yeah. regardless of what they're doing or where they've been, yeah, and, and exactly. just be be there for them. Yeah. And there are there are also um, some relationships that I I never hear anything from, and um, that that's okay too. I'm getting to the place of like accepting the fact that everyone is on their own unique journey and um, I can't change what they think or how they feel about me. And actually it's not my concern with what they're thinking about me mm. anyway. I, um, mm. It's more important for me to, to focus on how I conduct myself with the, in the world and, and focus on uplifting others and, and mm. being encouraging and, um, and focus on the, the positive aspects of life. And, and if people don't align with that, then that's okay. And um, that's, that's their journey. And um, I fully, fully accept yeah. that as well.
0: I think um, the, I mean, just again, from watching the documentary, and, and like you talked about your upbringing, uh, that you really, you know, you aspired to be a leader, you wanted to be someone who was looked up to. And I, and I definitely saw in the documentary, I mean, you were the leader in your group, you know, everyone um, certainly looked up to you. And I, I do believe that you have got um, just a real place of influence. And I do believe that whether people um, seem to get where you're coming from, you know, where you've changed your lifestyle, um, even though it may not feel as if people are tracking with you, but I, I do think that you've got such an influential just personality and um so yeah I just know you are going to influence many many people which is why it's so great that you're now involved in these mentoring programs and that you've got a heart to actually provide young men with the I guess the role modeling that you you didn't have when you were growing up when it comes to intimacy and when it comes to um Developing as a as a young man of honor and dignity, and being able to um, celebrate and appreciate the opposite sex with honor and dignity as well. So, so the fact that you are um, using your influence in such a beautiful way um, is really, really
1: encouraging, Shay. It really is. Thanks, Bobby. Yeah, I really aspire to be. Uh, someone that my my kids and and the next generation can really be proud of, and um, someone that my my fat folks can be proud of, and I'd really like to do to do good in the world. Um, and um, yeah, I'm I'm so excited to hear what's coming next, and it's a really wonderful wonderful journey. What
0: um what would you say now for you um you know intimacy and sexuality looked a certain way um but now what would you say intimacy and and being a sexual being like what does that mean for you now because you know with this documentary it was called liberated but the ironic thing was actually it was the enslavement of um Mm. you know uh just this distortion of what sexuality really is about and I mean I've actually led quite a similar life to you and for me personally to think that before I had that transformation and before I came to understand the truth for me I thought freedom was you know having sex before marriage and getting drunk and getting high and you know just living a promiscuous life that's what I would have deemed liberation to actually be um, but now I truly know that liberation is Um, walking in true love and walking in self-control and in purity um, and actually not being enslaved to your fleshly desires so my understanding of freedom has radically changed Um, so what would you say for you how has your understanding of what intimacy is and sexuality and freedom what's that now in
1: this yeah that's that's really beautifully put I love your explanation and I feel very much the same. Although the like again, I'm I'm still not perfect. I'm still a human being, and I
0: yeah.
1: I go through many challenges on a daily basis um, yeah. around wanting to be appreciated and wanting to be validated mm-hmm. and and wanting to be loved. But just coming back to that place of that intimate love with also myself yeah. and knowing that you know intimacy and relationships uh, are more than just a physical exactly uh, bounding yeah. between two people and um getting clearer on like my own personal boundaries and boundaries with others and and building upon a relationship with with myself mostly in a place yeah. that I can just really love myself from the inside and let that radiate out and um yeah not be confined by the the desires and the thoughts that mm. like just latch on my mind and the ego that is there, that is trying to take control and just finding, coming back to that place of stillness within myself and, and tapping into that, that ultimate unlimited source of love that, that is there.
0: Yeah. So good. So, so good. And, and actually so liberating, I think, um, because like, again, when you spoke about um, the mindset that you used to have before, um, you know, needing to be the alpha male, needing to be the one that all the guys look up to, needing to be the man in control and getting all the girls and all of that. And now there's just this beautiful vulnerability in you that says, actually, I'm not driven by that anymore. And even though I might wrestle with aspects of it, but actually I am getting this understanding that I don't have to live for people's praise and I don't have to live to be, the best person in the room or the the best person at soccer or you know all these Mm -hmm. different accolades that we try and attain in life um this beautiful unraveling journey of where you're like actually no I'm not living for that anymore I'm not living for that anymore I'm not living for that anymore and stuff just you know layer upon layer we go through this process where those things drop off um day by day and I and I actually feel that I've had the privilege and honor of speaking to you really at the beginning of what is such a precious journey. And um, yeah, this unraveling that God is doing in you is actually beautiful to witness. Um, and, I, and I think a key part of that is your vulnerability and your transparency and openness to say, hey, uh, I'm learning every day. I'm still not getting it right. You know, I have to deal with ego stuff or I have to deal with these wrestles on a daily basis. Like that is what frees someone um not once they get on the other side of the of the process but actually that's what brings liberation in the in the middle of the process you know and i think you're a wonderful Mm -hmm. example of that
1: thank you very much bobby it's been a a real pleasure to have this conversation with you and (laughs) and see the wonderful things that you're doing and bringing awareness through your books and podcasts and just freeing the hearts and the minds of 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 the world and people out there so it's incredible to to be a part of this and um thank you so much again um i've really enjoyed it and it's been great chatting
0: oh thanks shay um where can people get in touch with you if they want to get in touch with you um on social media or via email
1: yep um no problem i i have a website it's shay dot com or shay douglas at gmail.com for email and um I am on Instagram and Facebook as well. So any of those places is...
0: Awesome. So, so good. I hope... Um, people will get in touch with you and i know that this mentoring program and and the different mentoring projects that you are stepping into are actually going to be game changers for this generation so thank you for um saying yes to what god is doing in your life um and i obviously know that the story of shay douglas is to be continued so thanks shay for talking to me today thank you bobby Thank you so much for joining me for today's show. I hope it blessed your socks off. All social media handles and links from today's episode can be found in the notes section. If you enjoyed it, please feel free to share. You are most welcome to subscribe to the Living in Light podcast. If you'd like to get in touch, you can do that via Instagram or Facebook, or you can head over to livinginlight.co.uk. I cannot wait to be with you guys again. And thank you so much for listening to the Living In Light podcast.